I'm glad that you chose to worship with us today. My name is John, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here. I want to encourage you to find your way, whether that's on your phone or tablet or the Bible, that you would look at Luke chapter number 2. Luke 2 is uh, the traditional Christmas story, and of course, um, I think for a lot of people, Christmas is, you know, one of the best times of the year, and uh, you know, for me, um, I've been, I have a confession to make. Uh, I've been trying to to eat healthier and stay away from all those sugars. Can I get an amen to that? But shouldn't all diets go out the window Christmas week? No calories for Christmas, is that right? Yeah, I hope so, because yesterday I was terrible. I actually didn't hardly eat all day, but um, what I did eat, my entire diet yesterday consisted of five cookies, three of those were cooked, two were just raw cookie dough. Can I get an amen for raw cookie dough? Right? I don't, I don't care if there's a chance that makes me sick. It is so good. And then I so it's five cookies and two cinnamon rolls. That was it. That's all I had all day. And that's why I look like I do. But anyways, I uh, hope you guys are excited about Christmas. And, and remember, to uh, we have our great traditional um, or uh, Christmas Eve service at 6.30 here. You can come a little early and get some milk and cookies and some coffee in the atrium at 6 o'clock. Uh, but we've been talking about the, the series has been Prepare Him Room. Of course, this is coming from the song Joy to the World, and it says, Let every heart prepare him room. And that's really going to be the word we focus on today is that we're going to prepare him room in our hearts. And so I want to give you a quick review of where we've been the last few weeks as we've been uh, talking about preparing the Lord room. The first week we were in Luke chapter number 10. And if you remember, we landed on the last few verses of Luke chapter 10, which tell the story of two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus worshiping. Martha was, remember the key word for that, that day was Martha was distracted. She was distracted with much serving, her distracting uh, because she was distracted, it led her to be troubled and worried. She was stressed out. And it kind of made me think that even though the Prince of Peace was in her living room, she had no peace because she was distracted. We talked that week, though, about in the early part of the chapter, there's really like three different roles that we as followers of Jesus kind of are spelled out for us in Luke chapter 10. The first is that we are ambassadors that we are to represent Christ to the world. The second was that we are neighbors, and as neighbors, we are to reflect the mercy of God to the world. Then the last part, which was what we focused on, is that we are worshipers who should rest at the feet of Christ. And so the, I will be a better ambassador for Christ. I will be a better neighbor for Christ if I become a better worshiper of Christ. And so before I work for Christ, I should take time to worship with Christ. That's kind of the summary of Luke chapter 10 that we want to prepare him room in our schedule. Let's not be so busy. Last week we looked at Luke chapter 1 and, and also Matthew chapter 1. And kind of the key word that week, last week, was the word interruption. And most of us, if we're, at least for me, I guess I should say, I, the word really has a negative connotation that I don't want, I don't want to be interrupted. But we realize that interruptions are opportunities when God's doing the interrupting. And, and Mary and Joseph, we really looked at the story of Mary and Joseph, and God completely interrupted 
and their family. That was not the picture they had of their family, and it didn't play out exactly like they thought it was going to. And so Mary and Joseph, we learned from them that they were willing and they were available for God to interrupt their life. And you, and you realize that almost every extra, or extraordinary act of God begins with a simple, ordinary act of obedience. And so the question we talked about last week was, will we be available? Will we allow our family to be available for God to interrupt us? Willing and available. This week, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And Luke chapter 2 is really the traditional Christmas story. And the word that I want you to think about. So we go from distracted to interruptions. And the word today is ponder. It's a word we don't use. Or I should say, it's a word I don't use. But it simply means to reflect or to think deeply. And so in verse 19 of Luke chapter 2, Mary says that she kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. You think about that. As the text goes, we're going to read it here in a moment, but as the text goes, this is kind of the end of the text and the shepherds have left, you know, the famous nativity scene. And she reflects on all that God has done. Pondered. She thought deeply. What? Does this night mean? The angel had told her that you're going to give birth to a son and he's going to be the savior of the world. And as Ben mentioned earlier, you wonder what her thoughts were as she ponders. She looks into the eyes of Jesus. What does this mean? It makes me think of the famous song, Mary, Did You Know? How many of you love that song? Hey, I think it's a beautiful song, but it kind of frustrates me, just to be completely honest. Because Mary did know, the, I mean, the angel told her, but anyways, that's just me. I'm not, I'm not going to judge you if, if you love the song. I think it's a beautiful song, but I, I just, anyways, I won't, I'll stop talking about it. I'll stop being judgy. Mary did know, but it does make me think as she sat there in the manger, in the stable, and the scripture says, she pondered. And I want for us, as some of us have been in church our entire life, some of you may be new into church, and, and the whole Christmas thing is, you know, we've all celebrated Christmas, most of us, our entire life, but the busyness, the distractions, I want us to this morning just to, to ponder on what the meaning of this night really, how does it impact today, my life? And I want to ponder on the Lord. Now, we're going to take time this morning to read Luke chapter number 2. And on the screen, you know, those of you who are online or those of you who are going to read it here on the screen, maybe you have your Bible open. Normally, what I usually, um, the text I have of this Bible is the New King James Version. What's going to be on the screen for us this morning is the King James Version. And the reason is, I told you last week that, like as a second grader, I memorized Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. So, Monday morning when I was studying and I sent all of this, you know, outline and all the uh, things that would go on the screen, all the scripture, I was very um, positive and I had some aspirations that I was going to memorize Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 again and I was going to get up here and be so proud and to quote it for you. But guess what? I'm not a second grader and I don't memorize scripture very well anymore, but I thought I'll have it in the King James Version, because that's what I memorize in, and I'll 
try to stumble through it, but I have my cheat sheet on that back wall. How many of you actually knew there was a screen back behind there that we can read everything, right? And it's actually, there's two screens on there. One is the screen to come, so uh, I can cheat pretty good on that if I don't get distracted, all right? But Luke chapter 2, I want you to follow along, but again, if you have the New King James Bible, maybe if you're on your, your iPhone or tablet, you can switch over on version to the King James Version. But Luke chapter 2, and let's ponder on the story of Christmas. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph was, also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he's of the house and the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were what? Sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to what? All people. The story of Christmas is for everyone. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I skipped one of the most famous, important verses. Let's go back to verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass when the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And it came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and their babe lying in a manger. Wouldn't that have been a cool thing to do? When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. In verse 19, but Mary, she kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Can you imagine that night as the shepherds came and they left? And the picture there in verse 19 is that Mary ponders these things in her heart. And I want to look and just talk for a moment this morning about these shepherds. The story comes to the shepherds, the angel and the multitude of heavenly hosts, and they cry out praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine how completely interrupted their life was in that moment as they were just keeping watch of their flock by night. An angel appears and they were sore afraid. And the angel says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David 
the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I want to just think for a little bit from the shepherd's perspective. You realize that the shepherds were the outcast. We see the nativity scene and we think, oh wow, these great men who watched the sheep and how tender they must be. And yet the reality is that in the context and the culture that this was written, that the shepherds were approached by the angel of God. The shepherds in this period of time were known as outcasts. Their word was to not be trusted. In fact, they were not allowed to be a witness in a court of law because they were those people. Partly because they were uh, ceremonially unclean and they couldn't even go into the temple. They were the uneducated. They were the low of the low. And it's interesting that Jesus, his birth announcement, came to those How would they respond? The first thing we see in verse number 11 is that they received the announcement. Think about that. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in verse number 11, we see this announcement that they gladly receive is really the gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Think of the words that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. As the angel gives them the direction, he gives them the way. Bethlehem, the city of David. This is a savior. Life. He will bring life. He is Christ, the Lord. He is truth. In this one verse, this simple birth announcement, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the shepherds gladly receive the message. And I wonder this morning, for those of you online or those of you in the room, the question then is, have you received the message of the gospel? That Jesus came and died to take your place that all of sin and all fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus was born of a virgin. It was God became flesh and dwelt among us so that he could live a sinless, perfect life, so that he could be the substitutionary death for me. Have you received the message? The shepherds did. The second thing they did was they reacted to the message. In verse number 15 and 16, can you think for a moment as the angels and then what was one angel and they were fearful and then a a heavenly host showed up praising God and saying and after the angels depart, look what they said. So it was and the angels have gone away, verse 15, from heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. They reacted to the announcement. There was faith. They received the message that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and then they took a step of faith. They reacted to the message. You know, when I was 17 years old, I reacted to the message of the gospel. And by faith, I said, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want Jesus to be my Savior. And the shepherds had a conversation. Should we go? And they went. Not only did they receive and react to the announcement, the third thing they did was that they relayed the announcement. 
after they experienced Jesus, after they worshipped at the feet of Jesus, after they saw what the angel had told them, and after they experienced it, what does it say in verse number 17 they did? They made widely known the saying which was told to them. How excited they must have been. How excited the shepherds were to tell everyone that would come in their path. We saw Jesus today, the Messiah, the one we've been reading, the one we've been anticipating and we've been waiting for, Jesus, the Son of God, that will take away the sins of the world. As they would later write in Acts, there is salvation in no, no other name except the name of Jesus. That's why we sing the song, what a beautiful name, what a powerful name, because there is no other name written on heaven and on earth by which man must be saved except Jesus. And they relayed the message. And I think it begs the question for us this morning. Have we received it? Have we stepped in faith to react to the message? And what about telling people? Do we share the message? There's an easy way for you to do that this week. On, on the banister as you walk out or the connection desk on the, in the foyer, there's a, a simple invite card. You know, people are more willing to come to church than we give them credit for. We just choose not to tell people. And, and I'm just as guilty as you are. Whether it's because of fear, whether it's because of my own assumptions that, oh, they don't really want to go, they know I'm a pastor, this is awkward, whatever the excuse is, that's all it is, is an excuse. The shepherds, the uneducated, the lowly, they received they reacted, and they related. It's, it's not that difficult to hand this to a neighbor, to a coworker, to the lady that sees you every day at Sonic. Hand her a card. Invite her to meet Jesus. The fourth thing they did was they rejoiced. In verse number 20, as they're on their way back, can you imagine how different the hills were that night as they were watching their sheep. The shepherds returned glorifying God and, and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Jesus changes everything. And for the shepherds, they went away rejoicing, worshiping the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus, the only name by which we must be saved. And again, it begs the question this morning, what about our life? Do we worship God with our life? It's one thing to sit in here on a Sunday morning when it seems really comfortable. We like the music, we love the song, and, and Stefan does an amazing jo job singing beautiful, how beautiful the name of Jesus, and, and we can raise our hand and we can worship and that's well, and it's good, and it's proper, and it's healthy for us to do that, and it's biblical to do that. The Bible clearly says to gather together, to raise holy hands, and surrender our life to Jesus, and to worship the name of Jesus. And we should do that, but it, it shouldn't be exclusively only thing we do is Sunday morning between 10.30 and 10.50. Worship is more than Unfortunately, but we in the church world have created it to be at times. Worship is not just about music. 
I know we say worship music, and that's great, and that's okay, but worship is more than music. Worship is a lifestyle. It's that I'm going to do everything I, everything that I do is going to be done to the glory and honor of Christ. When I go to work, I'm going to work as unto the Lord, not for the employer. When I go to school, this one hurts. I'm going to do my best because that's what God would want me to do. Worship is a lifestyle, and the shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And these shepherds, who were uncredible witnesses, became incredible witnesses. Oh, that we would learn from the shepherds. Two questions I want us to think about, to ponder on this morning. The first one is this. Have you made room for Christ in your heart? Have you received and reacted to the message of the gospel? It's, it's very simple. This morning, uh, again, whether you're in the room, whether you're watching live online, some of you will be watching this recorded later. The question for you to wrestle with is, have you made room in your heart for Christ? And what does that even mean? Well, the Bible, why did Jesus come? Why do we celebrate the birth of Christ? And the reason that we celebrate, the reason Jesus came was because the Bible says that we have all sinned. All. We've all sinned. And then the Bible says that the wages or the punishment for sin is death, which literally means eternal separation from God our Creator. But God, who's rich in His mercy, even though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's the real story of Christmas. And Paul says in Romans chapter 10 that if we would confess with our mouth, confess Jesus is Lord. If we would believe in our heart, we will be saved. The next verse there in verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the question, have you believed and have you confessed? Have you made room in your heart for Jesus? And this morning, if you would like to make the decision to say, yes, I say yes to Jesus. I want to receive him. I want to react to the message and the announcement of Jesus, and I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to lead you through a prayer. And the prayer really has three parts to it. The, the prayer that we would call is that the ABCs of salvation. The prayer is simply to say that I'm admitting to God that I'm a sinner. It's also to say the B and the A, B, and C is I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he came back to life. The C is I confess that in fact, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no way to get to God except through Jesus. I would ask you to close your eyes this morning. This morning, if you've never received the gift of Jesus, and you would like to do that right now in this moment, I'm going to just ask you to pray. Admit 
believe, confess. You may say something like this. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me. I confess Jesus is Lord. I confess I need Jesus. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you come into my life? This morning, if you prayed that prayer, it's the greatest decision you've ever made. And I just want to ask whether, as your eyes are still closed, whether you're here in person or online, if you've prayed that prayer, if you're in person this morning, would you just raise your hand this morning? Just, just put your hand up. I, I prayed that prayer. I, I gave my life to Christ. Just put it up right now. If you're online, you can you know, put the hand emoji up there just to raise your hand online. I, I gave my life to Christ. And if you're in, in person or online, if, if you would just text the word saved to the number on the screen. We want to celebrate the greatest decision that you've ever made to give your life to Christ. Now, I'm going to ask everyone to look back up this morning because we have the second question, right? This is the second question, and it's pretty simple. Do you love God with all your heart? So for us who've been followers of Jesus, maybe you've been a follower of Christ for a week, maybe it's a year, maybe it's a long time. Prepare him room in your heart. Does God have first place in your life? In Luke chapter 10, we read a few weeks ago, remember the, the lawyer came to Jesus and said, what must I do to, uh, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what do you think the law says? And he said, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. At one point, the Pharisees came to ask Jesus, and they, were wanted, to, they wanted to trip him up, and they said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And what did Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And they were quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So the question, does God have first place in your heart? Have you been distracted? Have you been worried? Have you been stressed? Have you been saying, no, God, don't interrupt me? And may today we make the decision, God, I'm preparing you room in my heart. You're first. Would you pray with me? God, we ask this morning that as we ponder on these things, that you would reveal to us, Lord, in our own life, that we would, we would self-evaluate right now in this moment. Lord, is, is, is my priorities right? Lord, that you would convict us of our areas of our life that need to be turned back over to you, that we would put you back first place, that above all else, Jesus would be Lord, that we would pursue him above all else. I'm going to ask you this morning, in a moment we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And if you'd like to come forward to the altar and pray, you're welcome to do so. If you want to remain seated and just pray your seat, you're welcome to do so. But as we sing this song, let's, let's wrestle with the words. Above all else, 
is Jesus first in your life. Would you stand this morning as we sing?